it's so good to see you guys. It's so nice to be in a room full of people, right? Ah, women's Bible study. It's coming back. It feels so good, right? Yay! I am absolutely thrilled um, that you guys are here tonight. This is something very different than we've ever done, but right, if COVID taught us anything, it's time to make some changes and whatnot. So anyway, I am thrilled that you guys are here. Feel free to get up. I'm not that kind of, this isn't that kind of class that you feel like you can't get up. Get up, get water, get more popcorn, chocolate, bathroom. Um, I want tonight, I know there's a lot of us in here, but I want tonight to be as interactive and as small feeling as possible. And I'm going to show you that you can be in a big church and it feels small because we're going to do that tonight. That is, that, is, that is the goal. So it's going to be interactive. So if you don't have a Bible and would like to use the Bible, don't be embarrassed. You can come up here and grab one. Or you want to pull up a Bible on your phone. All right, because we're going to be going through several verses tonight, and yes, I'm going to ask if anybody would like to read it so that you're not listening to my voice the entire night, okay? Um, so I'm going to ask you guys questions, and I want you to answer back, and when it's time to read something, none of the verses are from like, we're all the chapters that have like who begat, who begat, who begat, and you can't pronounce their name, and you just wish it was like Phil, John, you know, and there are these, there's no verses like that, so don't get intimidated. They're easy to read, okay, but I'm going to ask you to do that. So if you want an actual hard copy of a Bible, you can borrow one of ours, um, and then we're, we're going to do Bible study together, all right, but before we start, I want to pray, all right? because we're thankful to be here and we want to get this evening started on the right foot, all right? Father, Lord, I just thank you for this day. And Father, I especially thank you, Father, for just women's Bible study. Lord, women and, and studying God's word and relationships and all that we are as women, Lord, is so significant and so wonderful. And Lord, I just thank you so much for the gift of just being able to come together, Father, and meet some new friends, to sit around a table, possibly with ladies we've never met, but by the end of the evening feel like we have a new friend. And so I thank you that women seem to be really good at being able to do that. And so tonight, Father, as we look at what it means to make not just good choices, but choices that are rooted in your word, choices that we can stand on truth. Um, Father, I pray that you would just use tonight to teach us something new. Lord, I pray that you would reveal something in your word that comes alive in a way tonight that it never has. And Lord, that by the end of the evening, that we've had a great time and we've laughed and we've studied, but Lord, more than anything, that this would be a night that just brings you all the honor and all the glory, because Father, there's no one more worth it than you. And so Father, we just give you tonight, I thank you for each sweet face that is here and even the ones that are still trying to get here. Father, would you just speak a word? Um, to each woman here tonight. And we pray all these things in the sweet name of Jesus. Amen. 
All right, well, I don't know all of you. I know a lot of you, but I don't know all of you. So in case you don't know who I am, um, I am Amy Cannon, and I have the wonderful privilege of having the best job in the entire planet, and I serve as the Women's Ministry Coordinator here at the Brandon campus. Um, I have grown up at Bell Shoals, literally. Um, we were in the fourth grade. I was in the fourth grade when we started attending here. So I knew Jesus before we came, but I was baptized here in our old building. I was married in our old building. Um, my had my kids, and they've grown up here. I love Bell Shoals. I'm probably one of the biggest Bell Shoals fans you will meet. Um, and so I am so thankful that you're here, especially because we have some here tonight that don't go to Bell Shoals. So we are thrilled you're here. Our women's events, our women's Bible studies, anything that we have going on are always open to everybody. You do not have to be a member of our church to come. We're not into stealing sheep. Okay, but there. Are, <laughs> but if someone's looking for a church, we're, we're going to try to get them plugged in. But we have a lot of small churches in the area that can't do things, and so invite your friends to come because we want everybody to be able to come and study God's word together. Because my personal opinion is that we're all the church; we just have different addresses. All right, so everybody is welcome to come. All right, I'm already going to throw out a question to you, right? What, uh, we make decisions every day. Would you agree with me on this, right? Big ones, little ones. What are some decisions that you've, hi. You're Don't, you're not lost, you're found. Ta-da, you're here. Hey, listen, there's some popcorn and water in the back. Okay, help yourself. I have ADD, so y'all are gonna, good luck with y'all tonight. No, I'm just kidding. All right, so. Back to decision-making, right? There, we're faced with so many decisions every day. What are some of the decisions you've made just today? Okay, what, what to wear? Where to eat? What to cook? Ugh, my least favorite choice of the day. To go on I-4 or not? Am I feeling lucky? <laughs> okay, some other. Any other choices? What to say to my teenager? Bless. Yes, I have one of those. I have one of those. Right? But we make choices and we're faced with decision making all day. From literally the minute our eyes wake up. We're already thinking about, you know, what do we need to do for the morning? What do we need to do to get out of the house? What are the priorities for the day? Lots of little decisions, right? But Often, we're faced with bigger decisions, right? Those don't maybe happen multiple times during the day, but they come up pretty often, and it could be something like, God, is this really the job that you have for me? Is this where I'm supposed to be? Um, it could be something like, Lord, how do I love people well on social media? Right? Big choices. How am I responding to things that are going on in the world around me? Um, how am I dealing maybe with a teenager that is, you know, driving me a little, a little bonker? So sometimes we're faced with really, really huge decisions. And so what we're going to look at tonight is that it really doesn't matter whether it's a big decision or a small decision, that there is some truth that we can stand on and that God desires to work in and through us 
with the choices that we're making, even if it's something small, all right? So what we're gonna do first is we are going to turn to Psalm 119 because that's where we're gonna land for a little bit tonight. And I'm gonna give you a chance to turn there. You know, I think right now we live in a world that likes us to think it has blurred lines, right? That there are multiple choice answers to everything. Um, Just do what makes you feel good. Whatever makes you happy. And it's kind of like any decision you have is good anymore. But there is actual truth. And there is solid ground um, that we can stand on. And that would be the word of God. And so we are going to look at why that's important tonight. And then how God wants to use it. Because God's word um, is like a plumb line. Does anybody know what a plumb line is? Any construction people out there, right? Plumb line is basically a weight that's hung from a string that gives you like a vertical, perfectly straight placement of which everything else kind of gets directed off of that one plumb line. And so a lot of times in construction, they'll use a plumb line to determine vertical space, but then how the horizontal space is lined up. So it's a plumb line. And everything gets based off that one string with the one weight. This is our plumb line, right? And we forget that because everything we need to know that God wants us to know is in this. The answer to every single question, every single question, every single issue is in here. Now, is it as black and white as you open it up and it says, hey, Rita, blah, 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 blah. No, right? You've got to read. Got, I know. I'm looking at you, so I'm thinking. Um, we have to read it. We have to decipher it, all of that thing. But everything we need to know, he already gave us a blueprint for. So we already have our plumb line. So when it comes to making decisions or making choices about things, we have a plumb line a solid plumb line, and I'm going to prove that to you tonight, all right? All right. So we're looking at Psalm 119, and I I did not go to seminary. I am not a seminary grad. Um, I love Jesus. I've loved Jesus a long time, Um, and I'm not necessarily the most amazing Bible teacher ever here, but I'm the easiest one that you'll ever hear. You will not have any questions, but I did some research, okay? And the book... Um, that we're looking at in Psalms 119 is the longest chapter in the entire Bible. Okay, kind of interesting. There's 176 verses in that. And from everything I gathered, we always think the Psalms was written by David. But actually, some things that I found were we're not exactly 100% sure who the author was. There are some commentaries that said it was David, some said Ezra, and some say Daniel. And so we can ask Erin later if that's right, because she has been to seminary. Um, But this chapter, I love this chapter because it celebrates God's word. It celebrates the beauty of God's word. Um, It celebrates that God's word is sure and true. Another really neat thing about this particular psalm is that it is incredibly detailed. But you don't know that because you do not read Hebrew. But in the Hebrew alphabet is entirely in 
these 176 verses, and from what I gathered about every eight verse, every eight verses is a new letter in the Hebrew alphabet. So you talked about detail. These just aren't some words we're reading. These were inspired by God, but so perfectly detailed. Like, I totally love that. And this particular psalm really tunes our heart, I think, to love the Word of God above everything else, to put that first and foremost in our mind. I want to read to you really, really quick um, Psalm 19, 7 through 9, because they say that, that they think Psalm 119 is sort of an expansion of these particular verses, and they are so precious. It says, The instruction of the Lord is perfect, renewing one's life. The testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making the inexperienced wise. The precepts of the Lord are right, making the heart glad. The command of the Lord is radiant, making the eyes light up. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever, and the ordinances of the Lord are reliable and altogether righteous. So that is telling us, that was Psalms um, 19, verses 7 through 9. But now we're going to flip to Psalm 119. We do not have time to read 179 verses, although I'd love to, but what I want to really challenge you to do is read Psalm 119 this week. There it is absolutely beautiful. It is a poem. It is lovely. You will finish reading this psalm, and you will love God's word more, which is what it is inspiring us to do. So take the time this week. That's your homework, all right, is to read through Psalm 119. But tonight, we're going to pick out just a few things, all right? So from this entire psalm, this is what we can gather, because this is, we're setting our plumb line, right? because I don't want to tell you we're going to make our choices based on the Word of God, and you're like, well, I don't know if the Word of God is all the way true. You know, maybe you're, you have some questions about that. So I hope to show you in God's Word why that is, all right? So we can gather from this psalm, number one, God's Word says what is true. The whole Word, not just Psalm 119, all right? I don't have to tell you that we can't completely trust everything that we read on the internet. Okay, We can't completely trust everything we hear on the news or on the radio. Um, photos are airbrushed, right? Statistics can be manipulated. All right, so it's hard. We're like, where is truth, right? Because everything, uh, got some questions behind it. But God's word is completely true. Every single line, every single word, every period's where it's supposed to be, it is the truth. So what I want somebody to do is somebody read Psalm 119, verse 89. Who wants to read that for me? Thank you. All right, so this psalm, in this particular part, why do we know this is true? Because God's word is fixed in the heavens. That is as permanent as you could possibly get. In the entire heavens, his word is fixed. All right, somebody reads Psalm 119, 152. All right. 
You've established him forever. God's word never changes. It doesn't change um, every 50 years. It doesn't change every 500 years. God's word is God's word. It absolutely never changes. And what is fantastic is nothing has ever been written that was applicable for its time and continues to be just as applicable. You can read this as maybe um, parts of the Old Testament, right? That the Israelites had that they, or the, the, Jew, right, the Jews would know parts of the Old Testament. What it meant to them is the same thing that it means to us. They went through the same heartaches, the same difficulty. They had trouble making choices. They had trouble trusting. They had trouble figuring it all out. And God's word was then, and it's the same word that we're relying on now to give us that plumb line of direction, right? All right, so we see, we see from the psalm that God's word says what's true. The next thing we're going to see is that God's word demands what's right. We see that in Psalm 119, that God's word demands what's right. Somebody read Psalm 119, 86. All right, all his commands are sure. They're absolute, right? We can, we can count on reading our Bible, knowing it's our plumb line, because all his commands are sure. All right, somebody else, Psalm 119.2. God doesn't make arbitrary rules, okay? These weren't just thrown together. Like, you know, today I think I'm just going to make this rule just for the heck of it. How many of you have told your kids, don't do it because I told you so? Okay. God doesn't say that. God's commands are sure. He doesn't make arbitrary rules. And he is, is absolutely fixed on what he says. It's unchanging. It is for a purpose. Okay. Very different than what we experience, I think, day to day. Would you agree? All right, the next one, three, God's word provide what, provides what is good. We're going to see that again in Psalm 119. And I don't have, there's some verses there, but we're not going to read all of those. But over and over again, we see that God's word gives us a source of joy. It helps us avoid shame. It's protective. It provides wise counsel, and it is a source of wisdom for every single area of our lives. And we cannot pick and choose what we believe and what we don't. That may sound kind of harsh, but you see that more and more now, that it's like, oh, I'll, I'll believe this part, because this I like this part. But then when it comes to maybe some more harsh things, you're like, mm, I, don't, I don't believe that part. Ladies, you either believe the whole thing or you don't. Because God's word is true, every single word, not arbitrary, nothing was thrown together. It's all for our good, our guidance, again, our source of joy, wisdom, all of those things, right? So that's how we know that what we are looking at is our plumb line. So why do we struggle? Why do we struggle to make choices when we, when we know our decisions, when we know that we have the plumb line right here? Because do you struggle? I do. 
I forget to open this sometimes, you know, or whatever. So why do we struggle? I think for t just for the purpose of tonight, two basic reasons we're going to talk about. One is I think we've gotten really, really good at compartmentalizing our lives. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray about the big things, what I consider big, and then the little things I'm just going to deal with on my own. Or I'm going to live... I have my church life, and then I have, you know, my outsider church life. And so we've compartmentalized. You know, this is uh, how many of you have ever thought, maybe you haven't said it out loud, but maybe you've thought to yourself, you know, I, I'm not going to pray about this. God doesn't have time. He doesn't have time to deal with this. This is little. God has so much to worry about in the scheme of the world. There's so many bigger things going on than mine. Maybe you've not shared a prayer need with a friend because of the same reason. There's so many big things going on. I'm not going to ask her to pray for me about this little thing, right? We compartmentalize. We're, we're picking and choosing what we're going to let God help us with and, we're, and what we're just going to deal with. And we forget that he desires to help us with every single bit, the little things, the big things, everything. Um, I had written down here in my notes, like, nothing should be off limits for him. We need him and the wisdom he offers to make every decision that we're faced with, every single one, even the ones we feel like we've made before. I'm doing this kind of again. I've already made this decision before. A few years ago, we went um, to Puerto Rico for a vacation. Puerto Rico, right? Did you think for a minute I was Latina? Because of the way I said that. I'm really proud. I did. I'm like, hola, mija. Right? I know. Y'all thought I was Spanish. Anyway, we went to Puerto Rico. Probably, seriously, one of my favorite trips I've ever taken. It's incredibly beautiful, and the people are absolutely amazing. We traveled there. It's probably been four or five years, so quite a while ago. I say all that not to give Puerto Rico some props, but we went on a hike. We were there. Puerto Rico has everything. They have ocean, they have mountains, they have rainforest, and they have pinchos. Mm, that's my favorite. All right, delicious. But anyway, so we go on this hike, and there were 16 of us in our group. We traveled with Four families, 16 people to Puerto Rico. So much fun. Got like a 12-passenger van for 16 people because that's all they had. Um, it was good because there's not a lot of road rules in Puerto Rico. There's no open container law in Puerto Rico. So that's my favorite. Like we're driving from the airport and there's some guys next to us with open can of beer. And they're like, eh. we're like, where are we? Anyway. We went on a hike. I have to pull myself back. We went on a hike. We had an amazing tour guide, knew a lot about the area, all of that. There was never once in that hike, because I was somewhere I really didn't know where I was, but then there were other places where I could see where I was going. Like, visually, I can see. It's not treacherous or anything crazy, but there was never one point in the hike where I'm like, you know what? I have this. I don't need you for this part of the hike. You know what? I needed my trail guide for my entire hike, okay? Because I needed him to tell me if it was going to get steep or slippery, things I wanted to not miss because it was so beautiful. So never once in that entire hike was like, you know what? Padre, I got this. 
No, I needed him. I relied on him. You know where I'm going with this, right? But yet, I'm making decisions in my everyday life, and it's like I'm telling the Lord, you know what? I got this part. I got this. And he's probably like, no, you don't. You're not seeing that one little thing that's going to trip you up. You're not going to see this one amazing thing that because you're connected to me, you're going to see because I'm going to make sure you see it. This wonderful blessing, this wonderful act of my will, and you get to see somebody else be blessed. You're, you're not going to miss anything because you're following me. But so many times we take the reins and we're like, I, I have this part. I've done this before and I'm good. Nah. God wants to be involved with everything, even what we consider the familiar parts. He wants to be just like that tour guide, but way better because he's not walking just ahead. He's walking ahead, he's walking beside, and he's walking behind. Best tour guide you'll ever have, all right? So I think that that is one of the things, right? We've gotten uh, good at compartmentalizing is some of the reason we struggle. The second reason I, I think we struggle is because we are absolutely listening to the wrong voices, hands down. And I think this is a people problem, but I really think this is a women issue too, because I, I talk to a lot of you and I hear a lot of things. So we're listening to the wrong voices. Somebody read John eight forty four. This is such an incredibly beautiful verse that you're going to want to make your life verse. Who wants to read that? Anybody? You are of your father the devil, and your will is to do your father's desires. Who is a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. And he lies and speaks out of his own character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Right. We never give this verse to anybody during baby dedication. <laughs> never. Right? This verse is speaking to the enemy that is very real and very present, okay? And he wants to absolutely derail us from any path that God would have for us, mainly by whispering lies to our hearts. And so many times we buy it hook, line, and sinker. Because a lot of times I think when we're looking for the enemy to be at work, we're looking for something like really big or we're looking for, you know, the, the red guy with the horn and the, you know, you know what I mean? Like we're looking for something big. We don't realize that little lies that we're listening to and believing are some of his most powerful work. The dictionary defines lies as this, toxic statements. These statements take root in our thinking. Uh, they begin to really affect what we not only believe about ourselves, but what we believe about others in the world around us, and inevitably, really, what we believe about God, right? So the enemy is definitely after us. Sometimes, um, not just the enemy, but we listen more to everything and everyone around us rather than focusing our attention on what God says, Google, right? And I'm not saying all these things are bad. It's just, where are we going to first? Where are we looking for truth first? Am I looking for absolute truth and wisdom in making decisions? Do I go to the Lord first, or am I Googling it? Am I calling my friend? 
You know what I mean? Like we have to start asking ourselves these kind of questions. So when we think about the lies that were whispered, some of you, that may not be super, super clear what I mean about that. So when we know what a lie is and we know what the truth is, we're able to distinguish between the two, right? Would you agree with me on that? Then we're able to line it up against the plumb line, all right? So what do some of these toxic statements or lies sound like? Um, Maybe it's words like disgusting, broken, unusable, worthless, stained, or ruined. Anybody want to share a lie you've maybe been whispered to? Another adjective that might describe something? A hot mess express. Okay. They even put that on t-shirts now. Another lie. You're you're inadequate. Hmm. I wrestled with that one today. These are good. Somebody, another one. What's another lie? You what? I do everything around here, right? We tell, that's a lie we lie to ourselves, right? I got this. I do it all. We must be perfect. Got to, got to do this perfectly, right? I think women, we've certainly fall into that one for sure. So how do we counteract those lies? We know what, we know what truth is. So what is some truth? What are some words of truth? Christ reminds us of those words. Words like accepted, loved, forgiven, set free, redeemed, holy, righteous. Those are truth words. God never looks and says inadequate. Now, are we inadequate without Christ in our life? Yes. Are we ugly and tarnished and stained? Yes. But with Jesus and a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, God looks at us and says all of those words. So what, what are some truths that I didn't mention that we should speak to ourselves? What are some truths? Transformed. Oh, I love that one. You are enough. Confident. Unconditionally loved. Those sound so much better than the other. Would you agree? I, I'm telling you, I, I had to have some really good time with the Lord today because I, I was hearing lies. What, what, what were my lies today? Um, not equipped. You're not equipped to, to sit up there tonight and talk to anybody. You're not equipped. What, what, what else did I write down? Um, you're not smart enough. Right? I get hung up on the fact I haven't really been trained in school to you know, lead a Bible study or teach Bible study. So Satan's whispering those all day today. And I was like, okay, wait a minute. What's the plumb line? Because that isn't something that God would say. What does God say? And God would say the direct opposite. Through me, through Christ, not, not Amy on her own, but through Christ, you can do this because I'm going to do it right? Um, He says, you are spirit-filled, right? So all of those things. When we begin to know and understand who God is, what his character is like, 
we can trust him and we can trust all of this so much easier. Um, I want to encourage you, summer's, summer's coming, and I'm going to tell you about a Bible study that we're going to do, but if you need some extra reading time, I have two books I want you to write down that will help transform your view of God. I am, over these last several years especially, become extremely passionate about the character of God, because the more I know about him, trusting him is so much easier Going through hard times, is it perfect? No. Is it painful? Yes. Is it easier? Yes. It's because I know who it is that I'm praying to. I'm understanding more of what his character is. That's also called attributes, right? That's a seminary word, all right? His attributes. So if you ever hear that, it just means his character. What is he like? Two books, all right? One is a classic. A.W. Tozer wrote it. There is one called The Attributes of God. He also has one that's called The Knowledge of the Holy. Okay? A little challenging, I will, I will say. Those are a little challenging. If you want something a little less challenging, Jen Wilkin wrote a book, and it's called None Like Him. And she focuses on 10 attributes of God. Some of his characteristics are that he's faithful, that he's sovereign, meaning he is in control of everything at all times. He's Wilkin, W-I-L-K-E-N, Jen Wilkin. It's called None Like Him. He's omnipresent. That just basically means he's everywhere at all times. Yes, he can be answering someone's prayers in China and actively is involved with you in your prayer here in Brandon, Florida. He's omnipresent, all right? There's so many. I would love to, we could do a whole Bible study on the attributes of God. So that, that's, that's like bonus, extra. Okay, but why is all of this important? Why is knowing his character and and who he is, why is that important? Why is knowing a lie from a truth important in our decision making? Because I'm going to tell you three things. One, what we believe shapes absolutely every situation of our life. So if we are not believing this and we're not believing about who God is, and then secondly, believing who we are through him, our whole, everything is, is, is kind of filtered through that focus. What we believe impacts our walk with the Lord, right? Think of a relationship that you have with somebody. If you're like, you know what? I trust about this much of you said, what you say. You want to go to lunch? Like you're like, uh, right? But man, if you have somebody that's all in, right? completely trustworthy, complete. You just want to spend time with them. Am I right? Am I, are, you, are you resonating with me, right? So it impacts our walk with the Lord. If I don't trust him, I'm not praying. I'm certainly not praying with the right heart because I'm kind of doubting, right? I'm like, well, God, I've heard you can. I don't know if you will. And maybe you've prayed like that before. I've had seasons in my life where I have. Losing my dad rocked my world. He was 52 and he had a massive stroke. He lived 17 days, and then that was it, and it happened like. And everything I believed totally got into question for me. I'd been raised in a solid Christian home, knew Jesus from the time I was a young girl, so thankful for that. But man, that hit, and I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) Are you good? 
If you're in control and you can do everything, why don't you fix this? My entire world was completely rocked. But because I knew who he was, and because he knew who I was, because I had a personal relationship, little by little, healing happened, trust became stronger, but it was a process. All right, it was a process. All right, the last one I want to talk about is what we believe affects the way we move forward. That's just, I don't even have to elaborate on that. We, ladies, have to base what we believe in who God is and what his character says about him. All right, so now what? What is this going to look like me, to me every day? Like, great Amy, you've talked about Psalm 119, you've talked about the character of God, you've talked about lies versus truth and how we measured up, but now what? right? Because that's what we hear a lot. Like, I hear all this in church, and now what? What do I do with it? All right, we're going to talk about the now what. How is this going to look day to day? All right, first and foremost, we are going to have to choose, all right? And it is, it is a choice, right? We're going to choose to trust God over our emotions. Have to. When I'm trying to make a decision, especially if I'm trying to choose what to do or how to respond or... or just, Lord, how am I supposed to feel? If, if it's something like that, those emotions are raw and they're hard and they can't be trusted, <laughs> right? Our emotions change. Are, are any of you going through the nipples? I am. I just want you to know that. I'm, I'm what they call a perimenopausal. It's not fun and I don't particularly like it. So you cannot trust my emotions because they are constantly, they are constantly changing. I could wake up one way and honestly, two hours later, woo! okay, sometimes medications cause us to do that. Sometimes it's just the craziness of the day. Again, we get up, everything's fine, and all of a sudden the bottom falls out. Our emotions kind of go with it. We get stressed. Anybody? Anxiety, right? Oh, right? We can't trust that. It's going to lead us wrong every time, Okay. So we have to trust God over our emotions. Our God is absolute solid ground. He does not experience anxiety. He does not go through menopause. He does not have hormonal imbalances. Nothing throws him off. Nothing. Nothing takes him by surprise. Nothing is shocking. He is absolutely solid all the time since before time began and will always be. I need that. I don't know about you. When the world feels chaotic and I'm trying to make a decision or I'm trying to choose truth, knowing that he is solid, he is immovable, does something for me. All right, so we're going to choose to trust God over our emotions. The next thing we're going to do is we're going to choose to trust God over our circumstances. Those are constantly changing. It's so easy. Would you agree with me to trust God when things are going great? We're singing that praise and worship song right? We're going along, and God is so good, and things are so good. What does he look like when things are not good? Do you react to him differently? I do sometimes, if I'm being honest. I start doubting, or I start listening to lies that I know are not true, right? He is unchanging. He is solid, we can absolutely trust him. So despite what our circumstances want us to believe, God has this every time. 
He's got you every single time, no matter what your circumstances say. So we have to choose in the midst of that circumstance that we're going to trust what we know to be the plumb line. We're going to trust what we know to be solid truth. And most of the time, we're going back to the promises of God. We're going back to the attributes of God. And we are claiming those as to not listen to the enemy. All right? I can honestly promise you this. I always thought that no response from heaven meant that God was just being like idle. Do you realize he's never idle? He's always moving. He's always moving the parts around. We can't see it. We'll never see it. Why? Because we're not God. He is. There's only one. He's never idle. So if your circumstance is, is telling you, okay, he's left you. He doesn't care about what's going on with you. You should never have prayed about this because he doesn't care. I can promise you this. He is never idle. He is always active. He's always working for our good and for his glory every time, even in the bad things. I had a text, uh, whatever, Facebook message, right? It still is like a Facebook text from a very sweet friend of mine and has struggled. She lost a daughter, um, a, a married daughter with a child and has struggled with a lot of anger, um, which, yeah, I can't imagine. I've not lost a child. And so every once in a while, she'll throw me out a question, you know, but what about conjoined twins? That was today's question. I know that seems weird. She has a friend that she works with and found out that this mom has conjoined twins that she's going to give birth to, and the mom feels that God has abandoned her. And my friend wasn't sure how to respond because there are times where she feels abandoned by the Lord because her daughter died. And so she throws those questions back at me. Anybody have friends like that or people like that? And what do, we, what do we do when our circumstances don't line up with what we think is the truth or of, of what God says or the goodness of God? Because a lot of times our circumstances don't line up with what appears to be good. I am 48, right? My dad died when I was 23. Do you know I still don't know why? The circumstance still, I, I, I can't tell you like, oh, I've seen the fruit come out of that. I've seen the good. I haven't. But at the same time, I'm absolutely trusting that if God is sovereign and controlling good in every other area, it goes against his character to be anything different. So he can't be good in all these wonderful areas of my life, but you are bad or untrustworthy in this area of my life. Again, we either believe the whole thing or we don't. So we can't say, you know, God was really good here and not so good here, all right? I don't have the answers to all the questions of what your circumstance looks like. You may, I may not get the answer to that here. I had somebody once tell me, you know, Amy, and it's really good food for thought. They said, you know, maybe in God's goodness, he was sparing your dad from a horrible illness, and I thought, oh, I really never looked at it that way. But I don't know what the answer is. But I have to trust the one. I have to trust that plumb line. And if God says he's good all the time and all the time I'm good, then I have to believe that despite what my circumstances might tell me. All right? The last one we're talking about is why, uh, not why. We must choose to trust God over what the world around us says. All right? I want to so strongly encourage you to look to him first. 
Look to him first for what he says about your situation, what he says about truth, what he says before you look anywhere else. Because everything else, remember, needs to be measured and aligned with the plumb line. We have to be so careful, ladies, who we're allowing to influence us what we're allowing to influence us, whether it's social media, people around us, um, the list goes on and on. I, I don't have to tell you. We have to be so incredibly careful with what we're allowing in and what we're basing our truth on. Because if we're basing our truth on everything we read or everything we hear somebody else talking about, it might be, but it, it might not be. If you want to know, this, this is the absolute thing that we need to be looking to. So that I, I'm finishing. We have to be careful what we buy into. All right? All right. We're, we're wrapping this up because you guys are going to have lots of good time because you're going to talk at your tables. I love talking time. All right. So here are, this is what we're going to do when we wake up tomorrow. This is three ways we are going to actively choose truth. This is as basic as you could get it to be, but basic works for me. All right, because basics is easy for me to understand, right? What I'm going to do, number one, I'm going to see God in prayer. My prayer life needs to be powerful. I need to be communicating with God if I want to know his direction, if I want to understand what, how I'm supposed to make a decision. If I am not talking with him, I'm not going to find that out. It's kind of like looking at your family member I'm going to pretend like Miss Ann McRitchie is my family member. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, I want you to guess what I want for dinner. She's not going to cook it. Miss ah! Ann's like, I'm not going to cook it, right? It's impossible. If we're not communicating, how is she supposed to pull that out of the air? But yet so many times, we're trying to make a decision about something, and we're like, well, I just expect it just to fall. I'm not like seeking the Lord in prayer about something, but man, I just want that answer just to pop right up. Okay, same thing with Ann and I. If we're not communicating, you're not gonna know. So we're gonna have an active prayer life, all right? Philippians 4, 6, somebody read that for me. I'll give you a minute. That's, old, that's New Testament. Did it say some things take some things? This is everything. All means all, and that's all all means. Right? He didn't say, come to me with these five things. He says, come to me about everything. That is the kind of personal relationship that the Lord longs to have with us, is that we are talking to him about literally everything. All right? Second thing we're going to do is we're going to seek God in his word. That's how we're going to actively choose truth tomorrow. When we're trying to decide something, we're going to seek him in his word. I am going to look and say, what does the Bible say about this? What does God's word say about this? And no, if you're like me, I just don't know where it is. I'm going to have to dig. I'm going to have to do some research. I'm going to have to figure out what God says about certain things because I'm just not going to know the address in here. I'm terrible with biblical addresses anyway. I'll know the verse. I just don't know like the thing. All right. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Yes! Yes! 
You know that was so music to God's ears hearing y'all say that, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he's going to direct your path. It can't be any more clear than that, right? All right, so we're going to seek him in his word. Again, the more we know about God, the easier it is to trust. The more we know about him, the easier it is for us to understand his plan for us. All right, the last thing we're going to do is we are going to seek God's people. Notice we're going to pray first. We're going to seek the Lord in his word. Then we're going to go to the people, right? And not just any people. All right, somebody read Hebrews 10, 24 through 25. Beautiful. God created us to connect with others. God, Jesus could have come, which he was fully God. He could have come to the earth and totally done his Christian walk, his Christian life by himself, but instead he chose to have 12 people around him. Right? He chose, God, Jesus could have done all of it by himself. He doesn't need any help, but yet he chose to have community. Community is vital, and I think we've all learned that after this wonderful year of COVID, and we've been apart from community, and I see the joy in your faces as you're meeting tonight, and you're like, oh my God, just people, it feels so good, da, 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 da. All right, so be in community, all right? And I'm not just talking about just anybody. The people that you want to seek are people who love and trust Jesus, who believe that this is the infallible word of God that is unchanging, that this is the plumb line, all right? You, there's accountability there. There is a strength in numbers there. There is a praying for one another. There is a cheering one another on. That helps us to choose truth is to find wise counsel, all right? But again, it has to be wise counsel. Don't just go to your neighbor who doesn't, you know, believe the way that you believe, doesn't believe in the Bible being the truth of God's word, and then ask her for her advice on some really deep stuff. Like, no, that's not wise counsel. You, you want this. So be involved, be committed to a local church. Be involved in the church, all right? Whether it's Bell Shoals, which is a fabulous one if you're looking for one, okay? But if not, then we have so many great churches in our area. There are so many wonderful churches. Be a part, a committed part of a church body. I have met my very best friends because of church. 99% of the time, they're going to give me wise counsel. <laughs> the other time, they'll, they'll flip off the handle with me, right? A little bit. Like, ah. um, anyway, that is so important. All right. Before you go into your table talk, which table talk is important, and nobody's sitting alone. Everybody's got good peeps, all right? We have plenty of time. There are some questions there that I want you to talk about. I want you to share your name. If you don't have a name tag on, put it on. This is kind of that building one another up, that cheering each other on, hearing what... All of the questions that you have before you, I will tell you right now, there is not one answer, all right? So you're not going to get it wrong, 
I wouldn't do that to you. I wasn't like, now what is the, what is the Hebrew alphabet? That's not the questions, all right? They're, they're discussion questions. They're there for a reason. So I want you to talk about that. But before we do, all of this and being in community, I hope that tonight you're going to find a friend, maybe somebody you didn't know, because we have an online Bible study kicking off next week. This was so fun to meet together. We can't do it all summer. I don't have the child care to be able to do it. You guys travel. You think you want to be committed and coming all the time. You don't show up in the summer. You did tonight, which is yay. So anyway, our church, Bethel, kind of, I won't say shuts down because we don't shut down, but it kind of gets quieter in the summer. Like in two weeks, I'm going to youth camp. I got completed ninth grade, girls. Woo! I'm excited. Anyway, I'm going to youth camp. We just had VBS. You know, there's stuff going on. So Bible study is a little trickier. So we're going to do an online study, and I'm going to do our very best in making it feel as interactive as we possibly can over the internet. And this is how we're going to do it, all right? We are doing a study called Choose Brave, all right? It looks like this. It... Tonight is sort of a precursor to that, so I hope it kind of inspired you. We are going to learn to choose to be brave through Jesus despite circumstances, despite trials, despite so many things. This is an excellent book. This is a journaling workbook, so it's a little different than like um, a fill-in-the-blank workbook, like go to verse 3 and what did you see? It's going to have verses every single day that we're going to be taking a look at, and it's going to be teaching you a Bible study method called the SOAP method that is just helping you to read scripture, to look at that scripture and say, what is God saying? What, what is God saying about himself in this? And how, how do I apply this to my life? Super easy, because a lot of you are newer to Bible study. This is a great way to start. Every single Monday, beginning next Monday, we are going to have a super short, it's like between five and like nine minutes, I think was the longest video. It is going to be posted on our Bell Shoals Women's Facebook page. If you don't like us, like us. All right? Because I'm always putting stuff on there about things coming up, studies going on, studies at other campuses, um, you know, because, again, we're one church, just different addresses. Teresa Bass is sitting over here. She's the women's over at our fantastic Palm River campus, and she's in the middle of doing Jesus and, Jesus and Women, which I can't wait. I, I want to do that study. So anyway, you're going to find all that information on our Facebook page. So like us on there. So you're either going to see that video every Monday on there. Bell Shoals has a YouTube channel. This is not my doing. This is our amazing media people. You'll see it posted there, or you'll be able to listen via podcast. Some of you and maybe you're younger than me, are really into podcasts, we have a Bell Shoals Women's Podcast. You can find it on any of your, whatever your favorite podcast app is. You can find us, and we're going to post that every single Monday. Then during the week, we're all going through this, and we're journaling what we're learning about God and what, how we actively apply it to our lives. You can purchase this on lovegodgreatly.com. The information is at the bottom. There's also a free absolutely free digital download of it. So you don't have to spend a dime. 
okay? What's great about this study is you can watch it at your convenience. I'll post it every Monday morning, but you can watch it Monday night. If you can't sleep, like my husband can't, and he's up at four o'clock in the morning, you can watch it four o'clock in the morning, it doesn't matter, all right? And then we're gonna go through this together. During uh, the week, although there won't be videos every day, we will be posting on Facebook every single day. There's always going to be a verse that we're pulling out from what we read. There's going to be challenges. There is going to be encouragement. Just to keep y'all interested, I'm going to give some giveaways on there because, <laughs> you know, that helps hold your, hold your excitement. So I really want you to do this. So grab a friend, meet somebody tonight because you could do this with somebody, which would be a lot of fun. Um, you could do it with a neighbor. You do with somebody that doesn't even live in town. You can do it across the miles. Um, my sister is going to do this with me, and she lives in Mississippi. Um, and so we're going to do this together because we don't normally get to do Bible study together. So be creative with that. If you have any questions about Choose Brave or you want to see the book, you can come and see the book. But right now, I want you to flip your page over. You see the discussion questions part? All right. I am going to give you, what time is it? like 20, 20, 20 minutes, all right, that you are going to start. If you only get to question one, that's all right, all right? Everybody talk, everybody be engaged, because at the end, we're going to do a wrap-up, and I'm going to kind of throw some questions out, because I like hearing, since I can't sit in a group, kind of what you pulled out, all right? So on your mark, get set, go. <laughs> Grab some popcorn if you want, some water, Chocolate-covered nuts.
Okay. If left, y'all could seriously probably chitty chat for another several hours. It's all, I always hate breaking up the party. But, alas, we have to watch our time, and so we want to be good, good time managers. All right, just a couple of things, and, and this is hollering it out like, like you did before. I want to look at number one. It says, we talked about com compartmentalizing our lives with the things we deal with and the things we take to the Lord. Is this something you find yourself struggling with? I'm going to assume that might be a yes all across the room based on a time in your life, but why? I want to know, why. if this is something you struggle with, why? Everybody's like, I'm not going to tell you my business. <laughs> Who? Habits. Oh, I have to write that one. That's a good one. <laughs> Habits. I didn't even think about that. That's why I like doing this, because you hear other things. Renee. If you didn't hear her, because you're back there, she says, if there's things that we don't take to God, like the little things, then it's us that gets the glory for the, the right decision made or the, oh, I hear some of y'all, oh, that's a good one. How so, Miss Underwood? So good advice to those who are a little younger is when it comes to things of the Lord to slow down, take it serious and take it to him and not wait until our schedules lighten up in order to give stuff to him. That's some, that's some Titus counsel, y'all, right there, right? Because I want to do that now. Now, Miss, Miss Underwood's only several years older than I am, but I do not want to wait. I want to live that right now. I want to live where I don't compartmentalize right now, that I just, everything. I got into this habit. There was a book, I can't remember who it's by. Somebody will remember, Donna and Sylvia will remember. What's the one of the, the Thanking God, the Little Blessings book? Thousand Gifts. Ann Voskamp, Thousand Gifts. And it, it was this little book that talked to you really about just thanking God for like everything, noticing the small things, the big things, you know, in, in thanking him. And so we had done something with that here a number of years ago. And for so long, I was really good at that. And then I got away from that. But man, when you take the time to just thank him for all those little things and to notice what he's doing I think it becomes the habit, somebody said habit over here, the habit we want to have. And I think this can be a habit. Miss Ann. One of the pet peeves I had about my own praying, and, and God uh, changed me, I'll tell you, uh, 
would say, Lord, go with us, go with us, or Lord, go with me. And one day, the Lord impressed me that he is with me. And my praying starts now, most of the time, I say, not the Lord, go with me. Thank you, Lord, yes. for going with me. Thank you, Lord, for helping me. Mm. No, absolutely. No, but that's such wise counsel is to go into your prayer time acknowledging that he is already all of these things. He is the God who is already with us, that desires to give us wisdom when we seek him. It's like I was telling my son when he was trying to make some choices about what to do, you know, about a, a career decision. And I was like, listen, God does not desire to hide his will from you when you are walking with him. He's not into like, I just want her to wonder. He's not an, a mean God. He doesn't play tricks like we do. He's not spiteful. He desires for us to know that. And so, like Miss Ann said, when we go in confidently saying, God, you already are working. God, you desire to help me choose truth. I'm thanking you that you are going to help direct me to the truth in your word, whether it's through prayer through my time spending your word, or it's through godly counsel that I'm going to get. But going in with a confidence when we pray, because we can trust in who he says he is, and he can do what he says he's going to do. One more thing. It's good. It's wonderful. That was Exodus 34, 5 through 7. Mm. 
I know. He didn't choose powerful, mighty, all-knowing. He chose compassionate. Mm -hmm. Well, I hope you wrote that down. And I hope that you know this God that we're talking about tonight. Because if you don't, I'd personally like to love to introduce you to Jesus if you don't know him. So come see me. If you're like, "Hmm, I don't know that I know about all this or where to go, we are always here to help know that you know that you have a personal relationship with the Lord because just like all of you have said, he desires for us, this creator God, this holy God, this righteous God desires to have a close communing relationship with us so that we don't have to guess what is truth, we don't have to guess which way to go, that we have a loving Father who is right there all the time wanting to commune with us so that we do know where to go. We do know what is right. All right. I am so thankful you guys came. We're going to pray to close this out. Um, Join us for this next Bible study that's online. Um, Somebody asked me the question of where to order the book. It's lovegodgreatly.com. Um, You can find the book on Amazon. That's actually where it will send you for this beautiful journaling workbook. But if you want the free digital download, you'll find it at lovegodgreatly.com. It's a wonderful organization of women who love Jesus from all over the world. They translate Bibles into different languages. I was, and they're completely grounded, totally solid in their theology. I wouldn't throw out a book that was like, I don't know who they are. What is wonderful is this little book was $11.99 that I bought, and 100% of the proceeds go to translating Bibles into different languages or to women's Bible study materials used all over the world. So I think that is so sweet of, of getting the name of Jesus out. Um, I'm going to close this out in prayer. You're welcome to hang out for a little bit <clears throat> and visit, um, make a friend, do a Bible study with a friend. Um, Please grab a water on your way out or we have to take all of them back to the office. And there's a lot of them. (laughs) That's what Don and Sylvia in the back told me. My partners in crime, they're like, tell everybody to take a water. Also, please check in on that paper so that I know that you are here. And if I don't know you, come up and say hi so I can get to know you so that we can all feel like a little group of girls, even though there's like 70 of us in the room. All right? All right, pray with me and you guys are dismissed. Father, Lord, I just thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you that you are good. Father, I thank you that your word is truth. Lord, I thank you that you are unchanging and that you are absolute solid ground that we can stand on. Father, I pray this week as you call us back to Psalm 119, Lord, that we would fall more and more and more in love with your word. Lord, not just your word, that we would understand who you are and what you want to do. Lord, not only in our lives, but in the lives of those that we influence. So Lord, would you reveal yourself to us this week, Father, just how wonderful you are, how gracious you are, Father, that just take us to Psalm 119, have us read it a hundred times. I know that's a lot to ask, but just really help help us to fall in love with your word. God, I thank you for each lady here. I pray for their safety as they go. Lord, again, I pray that this summer, whether it's through the Choose Brave study or something else that she's doing, Father, that she would just know you better and love you more. So we pray all these things in the sweet name of Jesus. Amen. Bye.